Yes, Father God, the war goes on and the war is everywhere. But you have won and the battle belongs to you. So, Lord, we surrender, submit, um, be found comforted in the shelter of your faithfulness. You are the one God, the only true God, the one who created us and will complete the work that you've begun in us and protect us along the way. So, Father, I thank you that you tuck each one today into the safety of the palm of your hand, that you would give us grace to hear the truth, that you'd open our hearts and our minds, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And so many times what we thought we knew and thought we understood and how we were taught things, um, traditions, things from even your word have been misconstrued and diabolically counterfeited. So Father God, we ask today that you'd give us grace to hear and to reconsider maybe some of the things we thought we knew and maybe they were not correct. Father, so we thank you for the progress and the process of learning uh, and being taught and instructed by your Holy Spirit. So today, give us those um, hearts to receive. And I thank you, Lord, that the enemy is defeated through the truth, because you said you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So we thank you for the revelation of that truth today. And we thank you for corrections. Um, That's what the Word of God does. It comes to bring inspiration, edification, exhortation, correction instruction in righteousness. Thank you for wisdom. I pray that we'd speak today as the oracles of God. And I thank you, Father, for giving us your peace. Jesus also for the divine, holy protection, covering of your protections, promises, words to keep our families, to keep our health, to keep us, to keep those who work in this ministry, those who work um, as the remnant, functioning as the remnant of the Church of Jesus Christ throughout the world. You'd give us your grace, your strength, and your victory in Jesus' name, your divine protection. Amen. Well, we're heading into the Christmas season, as you know, and um, the central figures of that season traditionally typically are Jesus Christ, the babe born in Bethlehem, and Mary and Joseph. And so today I would like to, we're going to kind of feature talking about Mary and the Magnificat and and her response in the uh, uh, announcement of Gabriel to her. But before we do that, I would just like to, this is what I woke up with on my mind. And so I wrote it down. And, and I have to tell you, first of all, that uh, as a former very devout Catholic myself, having been very well instructed in all of the traditions of the Catholic Church, of the reverence for Mary, of the rosary, of all of these very basic elements that, are, that belong to most Catholic traditions, I, with respect have to um, reveal the things that were also revealed to me um, and share them with you. And the the thought of this uh, central figure of the uh, New Testament, Mary, one of the most well-known figures of the New Testament, one of the most venerated figures in the Bible, actually in the New Testament, uh, the mother of Jesus is also one of the most misunderstood and exploited figures in the New Testament uh, and Satan has exploited her precious little innocent, wonderful uh, servant heart uh, into being a lot of things that work well for his 
narrative. But anyway, let's go on. Who was Mary? Uh, what was she like? Well, we believe that she was a very uh, innocent, uh, holy, devoted um, uh, to the traditions of the Jewish council. Uh, uh, but millions of people actually have come to worship her, uh, to pray for her as an intercessor. I, I learned she was the advocate, the go-between between us and God, because she was closer to God and she had more pull, so to say, with him to help in the in making intercession for our needs and prayers and to um, uh, gain for us the favor of God through her petitions because she was the mother of God. Um, now, she's also, in, in that same context, she is a central theme of the, the rosary, the traditional repetitive prayers that uh, Catholics pray, the Hail Marys and the Our Fathers that um, uh, traditionally are, are simply um, part of most traditional Catholics' um, way of talking to God, praying to God. They will pray the rosary, which is the beads, you know, the, the ten beads with the one in between. And then there's actually five sections of ten beads with a total of 50 Hail Marys. They call them Hail Marys. And the Hail Mary is actually as well, the second, probably the second most popular well-known prayer next to the Our Father that is in um, common human tradition. So her titles also um, are interesting um, because they rival and, and uh, those given to Jesus, her son. Many of them, we at, maybe not, maybe you don't know this because maybe you weren't raised in that tradition, but she was called the Queen of Heaven. And also there's a reference to the Queen of Heaven in Jeremiah, which is an idolatrous heathen god, the Queen of Heaven, that they, they were, the Israelites at that time, the Jews were worshiping and making cakes, offering cakes to the Queen of Heaven. That's Jeremiah chapters, um, I think it's 7 and chapter 44. So, so he's trying to correct that, that worship, that pagan worship uh, to the Queen of Heaven. So she's been called the Holy Mother of God, the Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Virgin, many, many other things, many apparitions, many um, paintings, for example, um, titles and paintings uh, are, are, were dedicated to her to, to, I think, to lift her to a place she never would have wanted to be, um, to a place where the enemy had to have a well, all of the t the pagans have the this, the feminine deities as well as the you know there's Zeus and there uh, all these Apollyon and etc. They also have feminine uh, ast uh, the Asteros and the um, uh, Dianas of the of the Bible of the temple worship those sorts of things. So she she is being misused by the enemy here to be lifted to one of those positions. I believe almost. Um, in our ignorance, we kind of go along with it. So the proper titles, uh, the proper title for Mary is the mother of Jesus. Um, she was also given special powers, special feast days, um, to elevate her to a place that she would have never, like I said, wanted. The Immaculate Conception, for example, was uh, they determined that many, many, many years, hundreds of years after all was said and done in the old in the, in the New Testament, but the Immaculate Conception is not reflecting Jesus's incarnation, but her own sinless condition. Uh, her assumption, the Assumption, also is another feast day that was dedicated to her. Um, 
uh, to rival the ascension of Jesus. So there's an assumption that she ascended as well, and they call that the assumption, which is actually an assumption. Um, the Holy Family, another traditional er- error, which was shocking to me when I was a, a, a young, of course, there's Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. That's the Holy Family. That's it. There's no more. There's us three and no more. But that's not what the Bible says. Um, in, in Matthew, Jerry, can you read Matthew 13, 54 through 57, just to give us a, a biblical basis for some of the things that we're, we're saying here. Um, about Mary, there was more members to Mary's family than just her one son, Jesus. He was not an only child. Yes, in uh, Matthew 13, beginning with verse 54, and when he had come to his own country, this is it, around Nazareth in Galilee, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they were offended at him. And then Jesus says, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and in his own house. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So here we see that after uh, Jesus was born, mm-hmm. um, there were Joseph and Mary had normal marital sexual relations and they had children. They had four boys and at least uh, two, two girls. girls. So if you add all that up, they had to have at least seven children. And Counting it's inter- Jesus. And it's interesting that James was the first, probably because he was the first named, this James, brother of Jesus, half-brother of Jesus, is um, the James who wrote the book of James, they be- they believe. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but, but that James was hard to win over. I mean, he, here's his... Younger, older brother declaring that he's the son of God. And you can imagine what the second brother in line, the first real biological brother with the parents, Mary and Joseph, would have had a hard time with his um, his older brother who was declaring and claiming to be the son of God. So that's why they thought he, Jesus was insane. That's why they tried to pull him up out of the out of the congregations. And yet they couldn't probably discredit the fact that he was doing all these miracles. So James was one of the last ones to be won over. But also it's interesting that according to Edersheim, who has written a massive and, and amazing book called The Life and Times of Jesus Christ, and I'd really, if you really want to do some nice winter reading, uh, it's Edersheim, E-D, I mean, sorry. Uh, E-D-E-R-S-C-H-E-I-M, I think it is. Yeah. A Life and Times of Jesus Christ. Anyway. He goes on to say that at the foot of the cross, well, no, I'm sorry, not at the foot of the cross, sorry, sorry, at, at the, the, the apostles that were chosen were five of Jesus's cousins and um, the relatives. I mean, obviously, this was a real family that Mary came from. Mary had a sister named Salome. Uh, Joseph had a brother named Alphaeus or Cleophas. Those are the two names of, of his brother. Joseph's brother, Alphaeus, had a wife, and her, her name was also Mary, so there were two Marys. If they got together for their reunions, there'd be two Marys, and there'd be Joseph and then his brother Cleophas. Well, uh, and they had amongst them, they had quite a few children. And so um, uh, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, Joseph's brother, had, they had several sons, and their sons' names were, um, uh, let's see, James, Judas, surnamed Labius, 
and Simon the Zealot. So these three guys were also Jesus's disciple apostles, I should say. So and then James and John were the sons of Zebedee. Zebedee's mother was Salome. Salome was Mary's sister. So these are also two more cousins. Mm -hmm. So five of the 12 apostles were cousins of Jesus Christ. And that's why I think we don't get a whole big long story about how they were gathered together. They just showed up. I mean, we know about uh, who was the one under the under the fig tree, um, uh, Nathaniel. Nathaniel, and then there was Philip, and then there was Simon, mm-hmm. and there's Peter. Those four got special stories, but these others, they just showed up. And so I think that's part of the part of the reason is because they've known them ever since the beginning of their their existence. So um, anyway, so just to show you that Mary was a real person who had a real family. And there was more to her than just the few things we have um, we have been taught about her, especially in tradition. So, um, and and it's interesting. We're going to look at the the Magnificat today of the words that Mary spoke after she uh, the announcement was came to her from Gabriel. Um, and if you want to read that, Jerry, we could find that together. Yeah, we can look at that in Luke chapter Luke, one. Luke chapter one and. You know, of course, the angel Gabriel, which is a twenty-six you know, verse twenty-six, a very high-ranking messenger angel. Messenger angel yeah. came and announced to Mary that she was going to um, have be the mother of the Messiah if she wanted to. I mean, he didn't tell her she had to; he was asking her. But but, but here's the deal: Gabriel came with a request from God. How often does God make a send an angel to ask a favor? of a human. I mean, that's kind of what it was. Mary, uh, you've been selected. You've been chosen. Um, and and so, uh, what's verse 26? You say? have been, you have found favor with God. Um, virgin betrothed to a man, verse 27 of Luke chapter 1, um, named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Hold on one second. I got to say one thing about Nazareth, which is the, the verse right before that. Now, in the sixth month, the angel, Gabriel, he had been the same angel that talked to Zacharias that we talked about last week. In her sixth month uh, of pregnancy, the angel was sent to the city of Gal- a, a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, Galilee is like a, a province, and Nazareth was like a city within that little region or province. Mm-hmm. And Nazareth, interesting enough, even though it's a very obscure city and, and quite small, it was on one of the major trade routes, and... It was like a melting pot of the Gentiles. There was many, mm-hmm. this this little town, they weren't stuck up there in no man's land where they knew nothing was going on. They had all the commerce, the conversations, the uh, the intrigue, the, the news from all over the region because all the caravans would come, at least a third of them would come through this area. Mm-hmm. So Nazareth, it was interesting. Jesus picked this place, this melting pot of the world at the time, the Galilee of the of the Gentiles, so to speak, to present the gospel, the good news, not just to the the uh, the Israelites, the Jews, Jews. but also mm-hmm. to the world. And so this was a very strategic little. It was good because it was a very obscure place in a way. It was kind of off the beaten path of Rome, but at the same time, it had a lot of commerce and a lot of uh, interesting ideas floating through that place. Yeah, and and it talks about. Um and, and having come in, the angel said to her, verse 28 of Luke chapter 1, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And um, and when he, she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. 
It's like, what? What is this? I mean, this mm-hmm. is she's well, she's probably you know a teenager. It's interesting too that there's two things he says here. He says, "Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you." Okay, so that is part of that's the greeting. Rejoice. Okay, you're shocked, and he says, "Be happy, rejoice, get excited, highly favored." Um, the Lord is with you. And then there's a, another phrase that he supposedly said, blessed are you among women. This is the exact same phrase that Elizabeth used in verse 42, blessed are you among women. But it would in, seem to indicate that this may be, this was omitted in several of the original texts that Gabriel possibly didn't say, blessed are you among women. But Elizabeth did. Now, nevertheless, whether it was said or not said, it was said by Elizabeth, and either Elizabeth was confirming the exact words that Gabriel said, or this is a statement that um, she f- expressed her uh, shock, love, uh, interesting, that she, the mother of uh, the, the, the aunt, she was probably Mary's aunt, actually. Um, they call it cousin in one place, but I think she was an aunt, because here's the deal, just thinking about this real quickly that Mary was a teenager, Elizabeth, her aunt, six months pregnant, older lady, needs help. Teenager Mary wants to get out of town because this is totally too much for her to handle. So the first three months of her of her own pregnancy, Mary gets out of town, goes, to helps Elizabeth. Nobody's expecting anything or suspecting anything at this point, I would imagine. Or maybe her mother knows about it. But anyway, Mary gets out of town, helps Elizabeth out. And you'd have to, you'd have to have, be a... a in a pretty close relationship with somebody um, like I think Mary and Elizabeth were in order to go there and take care of her for the last three months of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Now, Mary wasn't there necessarily when John was born. I think she left just right before right. that. But um, go ahead, keep reading. That was just my little interlude there. Well, you kind of covered that whole whole thing right there. Uh, she... Well, go back to Gabriel where he says... Um, do not be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with, with God. God. And then verse 31 of Luke chapter 1, And behold, you will conceive in your womb mm-hmm. and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Or it could be, you know, Joshua or Yeshua, um, which means the Lord is salvation. Mm-hmm. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now here you have a teenager. Mary's probably between 14 and 15, max 16. And she's trying to make sense out of these words. Now I don't know how much she knew of Jewish history or the promises of the Messiah. I'm sure she knew some of it, obviously. Um, but what was she trying? what was she going to think this means? Okay, you'll conceive in your womb... Um, call his name Jesus. Jesus, I think, isn't that the Greek form of Joshua? Jesus, isn't that the Greek yeah. form of, of it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether the angel said Joshua or Jesus, we don't know. But he will be great. Okay, so this baby is going to be great. He's going to be called the son of the highest. Okay. Um, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Okay, so he's going to be some sort of a king because David was the king, and David was her relative, obviously. That's why they ended up having to go to Bethlehem. Both her and Joseph are of the, of the lineage of David. David had um, not just Solomon. Now, they weren't related, but they were. They were related at the point of David, but then after David, there was Solomon, 
Okay, I was one of his sons, and and Nathan was another one of his sons, uh, David's sons. And so Mary comes from Nathan's bloodline, and um, Joseph comes from Solomon's bloodline. So in a way, that's where they split, um, although they have the same father, a great, 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 great grandfather David. So of the so she must have known that of the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom of his kingdom there be no end. So how can she figure this out? What is she? She's got just a basics. There's no details. There's just how can this be? I mean, yeah, this is this is very very heavy, shocking. very powerful, very shocking, and it's like so she's got to accept this, can calculate, can compute all this, and figure it out before. She can't give an answer. In verse 34, it says, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? In other words, I'm, I'm not... I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin. Mm-hmm. And even though she was betrothed to uh, Joseph, mm-hmm. um, how, how can this be? I mean, that's, that's a question that we could answer. Well, we can ask. <laughs> how, how can this yeah. be? This is this is something just way out there. Right? How can I? Yeah. How can I? Can how can I? I mean, you've got to have some I, some mental abilities to comprehend or calculate or come into I, agreement in with words, something. You yeah, can't come into. I'm a virgin, and I'm going to have a baby. That's going to be a king with <laughs> a king without having any kind of sexual relations with. with well, a man. so this you can you can understand her bit of puzzling and here that the angel starts out with rejoice highly favored so putting all these little comments together quickly because the angel's waiting for an answer i mean it's like okay overwhelmed is this a, am i in a trance is this a dream is am i awake um and so the angel explains the angel answered and said to her the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now it's interesting that Mary was already betrothed to Joseph. This was already—I mean, this is way before she knew anything about God's request. Her and Joseph were just going on in their lives. They found each other. They want to get married. They're betrothed, and that's quite a interesting um, situation in the Galilean um, betrothals, or in in all of Israel at the time. Well, the betrothal there was—it was more than an engagement. You were—you were simply—you were considered married. Mm-hmm. If you were engaged, betrothed, you were considered married, even though because you had, you had to because get a, you had not come together. Yeah. To um, but you had not come together, but you, to break a betrothal, you had to get a divorce. Right. So, so this is this is very serious. This is more and uh, more more deep and serious than. So our she had this major commitment from Joseph, who is now going to be pulled into this whole uh, matrix. <laughs> this whole pa- plan of God. And so he's going to have to agree as well because if she wouldn't have been betrothed to anybody, it would have been probably pretty hard to find anybody who's going to want to marry this girl who's already designated to be the mother of the Son of God. This just would have been a real difficult... So it's a good thing Joseph was on board, uh, permit, pretty much committed to the deal, and then ultimately had to be persuaded by the angel of God to take this woman. Because Mar- you have to understand that because... Of what this looked like in appearance, that she was found to be with child, it would be assumed that if she and Joseph were not being sexually involved, that she had either violated their betrothal covenant and committed adultery she, she or committed fornication. Adultery when she was uh, probably out at visiting Elizabeth. Well, that would have been maybe what it looked like. So what it the, looked like. technically, the law Possibly. says this woman then 
uh, should be stoned. This was the Old Testament. So in other words, Jesus' future mother, Mary, was, was in p- danger of being stoned to death. For being an adulteress. Yeah. Okay. So this is a lot to think about when you're a teenager and you've got this angel standing there in front of you and how is this going to be and what's it going to look like and how are you going to deliver me from the mob that's going to pick up their stones when they find out I'm pregnant. This is the, 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 the practical way that this would go down is that Mary would be stoned. She, she was already taking her life into her hands, trusting God, not just to be his mother, but realizing that this was what possibly laid before her. I'm sure there was a bit of a, a bit of a tiny bit of a hesitation. Um, so the angel said that, that you'll, this son, this child would be called the son of God. Um, and then he, he gives her a little bit of a confirmation. I think this was the best part of what Mary heard and probably why the angel gave it to her. He had to give her some clue, evidence, um, a, a confirmation of this being accurate so he said in verse 36, now even indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month with, for her, who is called um, barren. Now, Mary didn't know this. She didn't know this. We're not, it's, at least there's no indication that she knows this. There was no cell phones. It was, he um, wasn't Elizabeth in, um, where was the town she was from? Bethlehem, wasn't it? Um, I think it was. Anyway, it was it was somewhere else. It wasn't in Nazareth. Obviously, she had to go somewhere on a journey. She had to do, go to the hill country of Judea. Okay, so, so, so then it, would, it yeah. was basically not Galilee. She then. had to go Probably, south. Yeah, she had to go she about ninety miles south. South, yeah, and she went by herself. It says. Well, she was with a caravan. I imagine could, they put her in a caravan. Be. But yeah. um, so she didn't know this. There was no way to know. This. But when she got there, but well, then the angel said to Mary. With God, all things are possible. So even though it was impossible for Elizabeth at that point to conceive a son, and they'd prayed and prayed and prayed her and Zechariah for, I don't know, probably 40 years, 50 years, that's like, okay, we give up on that prayer then. Let's go on to the next prayer. But um, so the angel said, for with God, all things will be, nothing will be impossible. So it's not impossible for him to come upon her, overshadow her, and bring forth the Son of God. It's not impossible for him to have Elizabeth conceive a son in her old age. So Mary, then um, she said to the angel, get, getting back to the, okay, the angel's here waiting. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be. So she's calling herself a maidservant of the Lord. That's who she sees herself to be, mm-hmm. a servant, uh, a, a willing maidservant. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. That's it. The deal's done. Go ahead. She gave permission and uh, didn't see the angel anymore for a long time. So then what did she do? Well, she gets up, and now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now we said, and of course the babe in Elizabeth's womb was John the Baptist, yeah. who is a relative of Jesus, probably mm-hmm. cousin. At least a second cousin, if not maybe a first cousin. cousin or yeah. a half cousin, we could say. Um, and she spoke out with a loud voice. You know, so, so Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The babe leaps in her womb, 
And uh, she's not quiet, meek, and timid. She's no, loud voice. She here. spoke out with a loud voice. So the Holy Spirit, she's prophesying yep. here. Mm-hmm. She's uh, verse forty-two. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And and why is this granted um, to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? No, it's interesting. So this is this is we could say this is an argument for the deity of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, because he says you're the mother of my Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. Wow, what a what so that's a, revelation. a testi- testimony then to the what a testimony, and it's a revelation too. I mean, prophetically, her too. her niece or cousin is going to be the mother of her Lord. And so, to confirm this <laughs> wow. revelation to Elizabeth, the babe in her womb was filled with the Holy Spirit, leapt in her womb and filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this baby was six months along, and so you know. Babies that are six months along in the womb can make a lot of wiggles. I mean, they're they're uh, they they can be detected by the mother. By the 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 prophecy uh, of Zacharias was that um, the word that came to Zacharias that their son John the Baptist was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit from the mother's womb. Yeah, so that was being fulfilled right here in real time when Mary showed up. Mary's presence provoked the Spirit. They carried her baby, that Jesus spirit of God, provoked the baby in Elizabeth's womb, and those two were, you well, know, we're communicating both, in the Holy Spirit. filled with the Holy yeah. Spirit. So there's two lives, the life in the womb uh, filled with the Holy Spirit and the life of Elizabeth yeah. filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 45, blessed is she who believed Mm-hmm. Uh, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the Lord. So this is like a confirmation from Elizabeth. Yeah. So so uh, as uh, as if the word of Gabriel wasn't enough. Well, but and you know um, the thing is Elizabeth. Here's a, here's a confirmation. But Elizabeth had never met Gabriel, so no. this was like a word of knowledge too, uh, given to Elizabeth to confirm what Mary had known. And this is how God persuaded these women. Uh, use the women to confirm what he was doing and also then to persuade the men like Joseph and Zachariah that this was from God. This wasn't something they concocted and so, they had to have some outside proof. Otherwise, they would have been locked up as lunatics. Well, for jo- for Joseph, for Mary, and for Elizabeth, and, and for Zacharias as well, there there's a lot going on here. Well, and not only there's, that. There's, there's so much wonderful things, so many wonderful things all coming together that it's just almost you know overwhelming but the interesting <laughs> thing that even though these wonderful things are coming together like they are there's only you cannot enter into the wonder of any of it unless you believe so many people would say well this is just that well you know it's just a coincidence that elizabeth got pregnant well it, who mary's just making up stories well you know i mean they could have you know rationalized and rejected these profound divine interventions simply with their minds and saying, well, this is just gossip. This is just fantasy. This is foolishness. We don't believe Mary. But so then Mary goes into um, the most important words that Mary's ever said, Most the most consecrated, concentrated um, statements of Mary are found right here in Luke chapter 1. Starting with verse 47, or 46, actually. Yeah, but and th- back a little bit to verse 45. 
Blessed is she who believed, therefore there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So faith had to be part of that. that She received that, she believed that, and the fulfillment is going to come. And then Mary says, my soul... Now, you think of this, the the, the revelation here is to a, a teenage girl. Right. Living in, we just met an angel. In, 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 in ancient times. We call it ancient history. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, mm-hmm. for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. Okay, stop right there for a minute. So we can kind of take this apart. Her soul magnifies, makes God great you know, exalts him. So we're looking for the character of Mary here. We're looking for who she really is. Is she what we've made her out to be? Uh, what the, uh, the, um, the way she's been portrayed and painted and prayed to, or is Mary, what, what is she? My soul magnifies the Lord. She's definitely um, rejoicing in God and, and acknowledging God as her savior. She needed to be saved. She needed salvation. She needed someone to uh, wash away her sins. She needed. She was the, not sinless. Right. Exactly. So this is a, this is that that verse. Rejoice in God, my Savior. So she, out of her own mouth, she's saying, "I'm I'm needed a Savior myself." For He has regarded the lowly state of His maidservant. So He didn't go and pick someone, some princess, in the palace, one of Herod's daughters, or somebody that was known and well known and well dressed. He went to the lowly place, um, a so obscure that. And and so many girls named Mary. I mean, obviously, within her own little group, there's several Marys growing up, and um, you know, just a major amount of obscurity here and commonness, commonality. Um, behold, henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Well, this is probably because Elizabeth said it: um, "You shall be blessed. Uh, the fruit of your womb is bringing a blessing to the world." Um, verse 49, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. So she's recognizing God, the great God, the mighty God has done great things for her and holy is his name. So she's reverencing, she's worshiping, she's praising him. She's acknowledging the Lord God and his mercy is on those who fear him. So she's really getting a deep theological basis. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So she's beginning to, um, well, we see her actually for what she knows, that there's there's a fear of God in her, there's a faith in God in her, um, and there's a, a willingness to accept the most unbelievable um, declarations from God, the Word of God. She's willing to, even though they seem outlandish, and how would it, how could it ever be me? I mean, with all the even tens of thousands of girls out there, probably in that area, how could it ever be? God has protect, selected me. How could they, you know, who do I think I am kind of thing? So there was all that to be overcome. And and she did with the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, he says... Um, oh, and one more thing before you start. Um, I, she had Jesus Christ inside of her already. The mm-hmm. baby was already, the Spirit of God was already in her. So I'm sure that it was the Spirit of God that was giving her almost as she was speaking... Yes. These revelations, these powerful yeah, words. Yeah, and you think of it, and he says, for he has, verse 49, uh, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. 
He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Well, stop right there. So look at how deep and profound. She is really doing a, a, a deep sweep of the sins, iniquities, abominations, the imaginations of their heart, which goes all the way back to Noah where they were, the imaginations of the men's hearts were only evil continually, mm-hmm. and that's why the flood had to come. So she is really aware of the treachery that goes on within the human heart. It's in verse 52, he has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. Well, she's one of the lowly that was being exalted. Yes, and the, and the justice of God, um, he's not persuaded or impressed by um, positions or power or money. God is not influenced by what we are influenced by. So he puts down the mighty, the mighty who would have sought this, would have been willing to buy this privilege of being their daughter, being the mother of God. God's son. Yeah, and someone was, would seek that for the wrong reasons. Of course they would. For notoriety and so forth. But he, verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent em- away empty. Now, this is interesting too, 53. He's filled, this is by faith, filled the hungry with good things. I am sure she was hungry from time to time, even growing up. I'm sure that because even when you see the stable and the and the place where they were had to go to bring Jesus forth, I mean, all this is so contra- contradictory to what you would think that God would do. Jesus should be born in a palace, in a in an ivory palace, a stable, not a stable, but a, you know, not a manger, not with cows breathing on him. Everything that that God did here was so opposite of what humans mm-hmm. would have done, or how they would have prepared for the arrival of this King. Verse fifty four, and He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy, as He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. and um, So she's aware of the promises that God made to Abraham. And so there, this, is, this is, so the Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus has conceived in her womb miraculously mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit, and now the Holy Spirit is powerfully Inspiring. declaring mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. through her and the hungry with good things. And so though, basically verse, uh, he fills the hungry with good things. Those that are hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Right. Those that are full and self-satisfied will be sent away. <laughs> they, yeah, they're not going to make it. But uh, anyway, you're right. She's prophesying through the Holy Spirit the, 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 who Jesus is going to be, what he's going to do. She's prophesying about her son, really, and not mm-hmm. just herself, but her son. He is going to show strength with his arm. He's going to bring justice. He's going to scatter the proud. He's going to you know, lay open reveal the imaginations of the heart, and isn't that what's happening even today? The hidden works of darkness are being exposed. And it's interesting, she gives birth to her own Savior. Right. And she, then she submits to him. She submits She to, was there on the day of she Pentecost. She was mm-hmm. to the child conceived in her womb. So she's not too proud to think that... The Son of God, the Word you know, of she, God made flesh. Right. She's not too proud to think that he's got to listen to her. Um, so he's going to exalt the lowly. He's going to fill the hungry like you said, with good things. the ri- He's going to discern. He's not going to be impressed by what things look like. He's going to do the right thing. Uh, he's going to remember mercy and justice. He's going to keep the promises made to Abraham. He is the one coming to fulfill the promises that God made he many said, hundreds of years ago yeah, and in, to, in, to Abraham. In your seed, all the nations shall be blessed. Mm-hmm. This is the seed of the woman, Genesis 3.15. Mm-hmm. The seed of the woman that was going to crush the head of the serpent. And so... Uh, 
there's a whole fulfillment. She's yeah. speaking of her son. Right. The son, but more than her son, the son of the living God mm-hmm. that has been conceived in her womb. Well, and you know, her, she's first identified, not by name, but in the promise when God sent, you know, put down the the sin and the brought Adam and Eve before him. And he says um, to the woman, um, you know, Genesis three fifteen. Yeah, I will put enmity, about that. Yep. war, conflict between you and the woman. That is the woman. That well, she is of women, and he's representing all the women here. There's a, a mm-hmm. great war between Satan and women, and between your seed and her seed, her seed. Ultimately, Eve gave birth to many, many, many women that ultimately gave brought forth Mary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Mary is the ultimate end of the of the rod that Jesus prom uh, that God promised He's going to use this rod to break, beat, you know, crush Satan's um, his uh, head basically. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's there's uh, there's an awesome awesome promise promise being kept right here through from Genesis. 315 all the way to Luke. And jumping way ahead at the time when Jesus at the wedding of Cana turned the water into wine, um, the last recorded words of Mary. of Mary, the mother of Jesus, is he says to the servants. She says to the servants. She says to the servants, mm-hmm. whatever he says to you, do it. So it's like she's passing off all privileges, special positions, uh, of intercession off to put it back Whatever, on back he, to Jesus and back to us. Mm-hmm. You ask, you seek him. He is the savior. I'm not the savior. And so even we can talk more about that little conversation she had with Jesus in turning the water into wine uh, at another time. But now for this time, let us ask the Lord to give us father your true, um, revelation underst- and understanding yes, of, of who this woman was and mm-hmm. is, and how to properly um, appreciate her uh, and approach her Father God, and yes. to know of who she is, rather than uh, the the I don't know the misunderstanding, the exploitation of this wonderful servant daughter of the Most High God, that she not be exploited in our minds or by the enemy anymore. Father, in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. And before we end, let me just remind you again of our website, liferecovery.com. And you can go there. The best part about that is there's many blogs, many stories. You can find the Rescue Radio uh, uh, there as well. And you can go to the bookstore the, the, and find all kinds of even really good Christmas gifts like um, A Case for Justice. You know, people have such a question of why, if God is so good, are all these bad things still happening? A Case for Justice is a book that really covers almost everything you can imagine in terms of God's justice and the diabolical interactions of uh, the enemy, the, the demonic judgments, demonic blessings, and how Satan manipulates situations to make God look really bad in our eyes. That's a case for justice for those of you who want to understand a little more the biblical um, threads and, and themes of justice and judgment uh, that are woven through the Bible. So that's a case, a case for justice, liferecovery.com. And have a very good day. I have an emergency. What is your location?
for your soul.